0: Of Hope Podcast. Conversations, stories, advice from the autism community for the autism community. Welcome everyone to Peace of Hope Podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and I'm here with my co-host Andrew. Hello, hello. And we have my longtime friend Jalen here. Welcome, Jay. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So
1: my name is Jalen Burns. Um, I'm a BCBA. Fancy. Yes, I have a bachelor's degree in human services from Kennesaw State University. Go Owls! (laughs) Hootie-hoo! I also have a master's degree from Ball State University in applied behavior analysis with an emphasis in autism. What's their mascot? Charlie Cardinal. Charlie.
2: So, do you exclusively go to schools that only have birds as mascots?
1: Yeah, that's definitely a requirement I look
0: for. That's the only thing she was looking at. (laughs) Um, So what is a BCBA for those that are listening that have no idea?
1: Yeah, so a BCBA uh, stands for Board Certified Behavior Analyst. Um, You have to have a master's degree to be a BCBA and we're qualified to create and oversee ABA treatment programs as well as overseeing RBTs, BCABAs um i work primarily with children with autism but that's not the only avenue that you can take in the field of aba there's a lot of different um routes that you can take as a bcba
2: so i answer the phone a lot at our office and parents want to know about the differences between rbt's and bcba's and these people called little a's and things like that Um, can you kind of explain how that works as far as you overseeing them and the services
1: yeah so it's definitely a team approach um we have RBTs. They are registered behavior technicians. They're the ones that are working directly one-on-one with your client, with your child. Um, they're seeing them day in and day out. They're the ones that you're talking to. They're implementing the programs that we make. Um, there's the BCABA, which is your board-certified assistant behavior analyst. They have a bachelor's degree um, in a related field, and they also have additional certification in ABA. And they are qualified to oversee RBTs to supervise them and the clients um, to help and assist writing treatment programs, doing assessments, stuff like that. Then your BCBA, of course, is your master's level, they're the ones that oversee everyone. Um, BCABAs can only work under the supervision of a BCBA, so it's really important that you have that BCBA that can supervise and oversee everyone, the RBTs, the BCABAs, and the clients. And then you also have a BCBAD, which is your doctorate level as well.
0: That was a really great point to bring up, Andrew. I think that's something when people are thinking about ABA that you don't notice. Because, you know, when you go to speech, you see just that master's level, that one person. But in ABA, you're going to see potentially a rotation of different people that are on a team. Yeah. So, this month's theme, for those that you are listening for the first time or joining us again, is newly diagnosed. We're trying to help those that are newly diagnosed with autism, those families, kind of navigate the system a little bit. Which is why we brought Jay Lennon here, our BCBA. And can we start with just telling people, what is ABA? What does that even mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So ABA stands for Applied Behavior Analysis. Um, I like to describe it as it having two parts. There's skill acquisition, where we break down large tasks into smaller, easier-to-learn steps. There's also behavior reduction, where we work to reduce challenging behaviors. Um, ABA is very individualized to each client, and it's really important that... Not only do we have skill acquisition and behavior reduction, but a lot of times they work together um, because as we're reducing behaviors, we're teaching them new skills to um, set them up for success.
0: What about those misconceptions about ABA? Yeah, there's a lot of them. (laughs) What are some of those misconceptions that you just want to while we're here tell people that is not how it works? So we're not going to
1: turn your child into a robot. <laughs> that is one that I hear a lot. Um, a lot of times we do teach them stuff with lots of memorization but we as they're learning we move away from that where they're learning more complex skills. Um, we also APA is not just discrete trials so they're not just working at a table all the time with materials. We can teach your children anywhere. ABA can be applied anywhere, in the schools, in the community, in your home, in a clinic, um, on the bus, like anywhere. You always see ABA everywhere. Even if you don't know you're doing ABA, a lot of times because it's environmental factors. We're looking at what um, increases behaviors and reduces behaviors. That's everywhere. Um, And then we're we're not trying to fix your child. We're not trying to cure your child of autism. We're not trying to make them normal. We're just trying to set them up with the necessary tools that they need to be most successful in their life.
0: That is a great point. Can you also tell families a little bit about they want to sign up for ABA, they have that autism diagnosis, what that first day is going to look like for them when they go to a clinic or they're meeting with a BCBA?
1: Yeah, so whenever you're looking for ABA services um, and you're enrolling your child in ABA therapy, there's going to be an assessment process. The first step that we take as the BCBA is to sit down and just meet with you and see what you're seeking. What are your goals? What are you looking for? What are the challenges that you're facing currently that made you want to seek out ABA for your child? Um, And we also get to know a little bit about your child before even meeting them, so we can learn... Um, what their language is like, what their skills are currently, and what behaviors you're seeing. Um, The next step is to actually assess your child. So we sit down, we work with your child one-on-one, and we do an assessment using skills assessment or behavior assessments.
0: I think a good point here is that this is not an assessment to diagnose a child with autism. BCBAs do not diagnose they are, you already have a diagnosis once you're looking for ABA services. They're looking for what they're going to be working on with your child. So what are some of the protocols that you would be working with?
1: Yeah, so there's skills assessment tools that we use. These are things like most commonly used are RVBMAP, um, ABLES-R, and AFLs. We are looking at your child's current skill level. Where are their strengths? Where are their weaknesses? What can we build on? Um, We look at a lot of different domains, such as language, receptive language, expressive language, um, conversational skills, social skills, play skills, dressing, grooming, fine motor, gross motor, um, and daily living skills as well, like do they know what money is? Can they go out in the community and order food? There's a lot of different things that we're looking at with those skills assessments, But then we also have a behavior assessment. We usually do an FBA if your child has challenging behaviors, and that stands for functional behavior assessment. Um, With this, we're really looking at not only what the behavior is, but why your child is engaging in that behavior. It's so important for us to know the why behind it because that helps us give them new skills and to teach them new things to get their needs met um, without engaging in that challenging behavior We do an indirect process where we sit down, we interview you, we know what's going on, what the behavior is. Then we see the behavior, we observe it, um, we take baseline data, see how frequently it's happening, what the severity level is. And sometimes we do a functional analysis where we can turn the behavior on and off. It's more experimental, um, but that's not always the case. We don't always use that. And then we create a behavior intervention plan to put in new strategies to help reduce that behavior and teach new skills.
0: How long would you say an assessment usually takes?
1: It's very individualized, but typically it can go anywhere from two hours to ten hours. So that's Um, a long time. A long time. And if we're doing an FBA, we need multiple days of data, sometimes up to ten days of data. Um, And so it can take an extensive amount of time.
0: But it just depends. So the assessment is complete. What's going to happen next?
1: So what happens next is um, the BCBA will sit down and we'll write a program for your child. We'll write a treatment plan where we outline what goals we're going to work on, what new skills we're going to teach, what new um, behavior interventions we're going to put in place. And then we sit down with the family and we discuss the treatment plan. We decide what goals are appropriate and what goals are not appropriate or not even applicable to that family. If if they're like, oh, this doesn't really work, we can take stuff out. We want to make sure it's tailored to that child and that family. Um, And then we can recommend kind of schedule after that and see what services we provide that would fit that treatment plan.
2: A lot of parents call and right off the bat they want to know how many hours is my kid going to be expected to come? Two hours, ten hours, six hours? So can you kind of talk about how you come to that recommended number of hours and how you determine how many hours each kid's going to receive?
1: So it just depends on the child. Um, It depends on where their skill level is at currently and what behaviors they're engaging in currently. Um, Sometimes we can recommend anywhere from two hours 10 hours but even all the way up to 40 hours per week that's a lot it is a lot but with early intervention it's so important to get in there intensively whenever they're young so that we can again give them those tools that they need to be successful we're not trying to make them normal we're just trying to provide the best services possible to set them up for success later on in their life
0: so if a child is coming 20, 30, 40 hours a week, what is kind of that day-to-day going to look like for families?
1: Yeah, so a lot of times it depends on your provider, but a lot of times there's programs where your child can come and it's kind of replacing that school. Um, that school.
0: They're coming to ABA instead of school. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, And they're just getting all of those things that they need. But we also do in-home. We can do community stuff, which we really harp on parent training. Parent involvement is so important because not only are they in the clinic with a therapist, they're going to go home eventually at the end of the day. And it's important that the parents are um, set up for success to work with their child and to continue all these services that we set in place at the clinic.
2: Also, real quick, if you listen, episode one with Michael and Shannon, both of them kind of shed light on how important it is for parents to do parent training and take courses and do the things that are out there. Um, and that kind of just backs everything that you're saying and piggybacks off that idea. And, um, you know, Michael specifically, when we asked what they wish parents would do, um, he even brought up, you know, how great parent training has been and things like that. So I think that kind of supports what you're saying.
0: I think that's a great point because, you know, when we're talking to families about, you know, so many hours, but ABA is so much more than a therapy. It's going to be a lifestyle change. Absolutely. Whatever you do in the clinic, whatever the therapists are doing, generalization is so important. Consistency is so important. So whatever we're doing at the clinic, if you're not doing it at home, it's not going to generalize over. And they're not going to be able to do it in multiple environments. So giving those parents those tools, that toolkit to be able to do, you know, have that what they call ABA magic fairy dust. Like, yeah. Oh, my kids can do so much at the clinic. Giving you guys the tools to be able to do that at home to, as well is so important.
1: Yeah. It's also important to maintain those skills over time because not only do you want it to generalize, but you want it to maintain. You want to make sure that not only can that child do it today, but they can do it a week from now, a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, because we're setting them up for success. We're giving them tools that they can use throughout their life.
0: Do you have any final advice for those families that are thinking about signing up for ABA? They've had the recommendation from their pediatrician, their psychologist. Maybe they're debating waiting. Maybe they don't want to do it right now. What do you think?
1: I say don't wait because, again, with early intervention, it's really important to get in there whenever your child is young, to get in there at any point in time whenever you get this diagnosis and start those services now, and also listen to the recommendations. We're not doing it because we want to see your child that much. We wanted, we're giving you those hours, those recommended hours, because that's what's going to be necessary for your child to make the most progress that they can make. You want to see them succeed. Yes. Um, we also, I suggest looking for provider qualifications. So you want to see that there's a BCBA with a credentialed BCBA. You want to see that you have RBTs set in place. Um, people that are certified through the BACB, which is our... Um, certification board, you want to make sure that they have those because that means that they have the education and they've met all the um, standards. they Stand passed
0: the big exam. Yes,
1: they've met everything that they need to meet to be able to provide those things for your
0: child. And you can find, you can either get on the BACB's website and look up different providers, but sometimes your insurance company as well will have a list on their website or you can call and talk to your representative to help you find someone that is qualified to be able to work with. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Jaylen, And thank you everyone so much for listening to Jaylen talk about ABA. Hopefully that was helpful to some of you that are going through the process of being newly diagnosed and trying to find services. And we hope you listen to us next week. Bye. Bye. Andrew, say goodbye. (laughs) <laughs> thanks for listening to a piece of hope podcast to learn more about peace of hope or to donate to a piece of hope scholarship fund visit tapple forward slash peace of hope join us next week for more stories conversations and advice from
2: the autism community for the autism community